The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum. Chapter 3. How Dorsey Saved the Scarecrow. When Dorsey was left alone, she began to feel hungry, so she went to the cover and cut herself some bread, which she spread with butter. She gave some to Toto, and, taking a pail from the shelf, she carried it down to a little brook and filled it with clear, sparkling water. Toto ran over to the trees and began to bark at the birds sitting there. Dorsey went to get him and saw delicious fruit hanging from the branches, that she gathered some of it, finding it was just what she wanted to help out her breakfast. Then she went back to the house, and having helped herself and Toto to a good drink of the cool, clear water, she set about making ready for the journey to the city of Emerald. Dorothy had only one other dress, but that happened to be clean and was hanging on a peg beside her bed. It was gingham, with checks of white and blue, and although the blue was somewhat faded with many washings, it was still a pretty frock. The girl washed herself carefully, dressed herself in a clean gingham, and tied her pink sunbonnet on her head. She took a little basket and filled it with bread from the cupboard, lying it with a white cloth over the top. Then she looked down at her feet and noticed how old and worn her shoes were. These will never do for a long journey, Toto, she said, and Toto looked up in her face with his little black eyes and wagged his tail to show he knew what she meant. At that moment, Dorsey saw lying on the table the silver shoes that belonged to the Witch of the East. I wonder if they'll fit me, she said to Toto. They would just be the thing to take on a long walk in, for they could not wear out. She took off her old leather shoes and tried on the silver shoes, which fitted her as well as they had been made for her. Finally, she picked up her basket. Come on, Toto, she said. We will go to the Emerald City and ask the Great Oz how to get back to Kansas. She closed the door, locked it, and put the key carefully in her pocket of her dress. And so, with Toto trotting along slowly behind her, she started on her journey. There were several roads nearby, but it did not take her long to find the one paved with yellow bricks. Within a short time, she was walking briskly toward Emerald City, her silver shoes twinkling merrily on the hard yellow road bed. The sun shone bright and the birds sang sweetly, and Dorothy did not feel nearly as bad as you might think a little girl who had been suddenly whisked away from her own country and set down in the midst of a strange land. She was surprised as she walked along to see how pretty the country was. There were neat fences at the side of the road, painted a dainty blue color, and beyond them were fields of grain and vegetables and obsidence. Evidently, the Munchians were good farmers and able to raise large crops. Once in a while, she would pass by a house, and the people came out to look at her, and bow low as she went by, for everyone knew she had been means of destroying the wicked witch and setting them free from bondage. The houses of the Munchkins were odd-looking dwellings, for each was round with a big dome for a roof. All were painted blue, for in this country of the East, blue was the favorite color. Toward evening, when Dorothy was tired with her long walk and began to wonder where she could pass the night, she came to a house rather larger than the rest, on the green lawn before many men and women were dancing. Five fiddlers played as loudly as possible, and the people were laughing and singing. 
while a big table nearby was loaded with delicious fruits and nuts, pies and cakes, and many other good things to eat. The people greeted Dorothy kindly and invited her to supper to pass the night with them. For this was the home of the richest munchkin in the land, and his friends were gathered with him to celebrate their freedom from bondage of the wicked witch. Dorothy ate a hearty supper and was waited upon by the rich munchkin himself, whose name was Bok. Then she sat upon a settee and watched the people dance. When Bok saw her silver shoes, he said, You must be a great sorceress. Why? asked the girl. Because you wear silver shoes and have killed the wicked witch. Besides, you have white in your frock, and only witches and sorcerers wear white. My dress is blue and white chet, said Dorothy, smoothing out the wrinkles in it. It is kind of you to wear that, said Bok. Blue is the color of the munchkins, and white is the witch color, so we know you are a friendly witch. Dorothy did not know what to say to this, for all the people seemed to think her a witch, and she knew very well she was only an ordinary little girl who had come by chance of a cyclone into a strange land. When she had tired watching the dancing, Bach led her into the house, where he gave her a room and a pretty bed in it. The sheets were made of blue cloth, and Dorothy slept soundly in them till morning, with Toto curled up at the blue rug beside her. She ate a hearty breakfast and watched a wee little munchkin baby who played with Toto and pulled his tail and cowered and laughed in a way that greatly amused Dorothy. Toto was a fine curiosity to all the people, for they had never seen a dog before. How far is it to the Emerald City? I do not know, answered Bok gravely, for I have never been there. It is better for people to keep away from Oz unless they have business with him. But it is a long way to Emerald City, and it will take you many days the country here is rich and pleasant, but you may pass through rough and dangerous places before you reach the end of your journey. This worried Dorothy a little, but she knew that only the great Oz could help her get back to Kansas. So she bravely resolved not to turn back. She bade her friends goodbye and again started along the road of yellow bricks. When she had gone several miles, she thought she would stop the rest. And so she climbed to the top of a fence beside the road and sat down. There was a great cornfield beside the fence, and not far away she saw a scarecrow placed high on a pole to keep the birds from the ripe corn. Dorothy leaned her chin upon her hand and gazed softly at the scarecrow. Its head was a small sack stuffed with straw, with eyes, nose, and a mouth painted on it to represent a face. An odd pointed blue hat that belonged to some munchkin was perched on its head, and the rest of the figure was a blue suit of clothes, worn and faded, which had also been stuffed with straw. On the feet were some old boots with blue tops, such as every man wore in this country, and the figure was raised above the stalks of corn by means of a pole sticking up its back. While Dorothy was looking earnestly into the queer painted face of the scarecrow, she was surprised to see one of the eyes slowly wink at her. She thought she must have been mistaken at first, for none of the scarecrows in Kansas ever winked. But presently, the figure nodded its head to her in a friendly way. Then she climbed down from the fence and walked up to it, while Toto ran around the pole and bucked. Good day, said the scarecrow in a rather husky voice. <laughs> Did he speak? asked the girl in wonder. Certainly, answered the scarecrow. How do you do? 
I'm pretty well, thank you, replied Dorothy politely. How do you do? I'm not feeling well, said the scarecrow with a smile. We're very tedious being bunched up here night and day to scare away the crows. Can you get down? asked Dorothy. No, for well, this bowl is stuck on my back. If you will please take away the pole, I shall be greatly obliged to you. Dorothy reached up both arms and lifted the figure off the pole, for being stuffed with straw, it was quite light. Thank you very much, said the scarecrow, when he had been set down on the ground. I feel like a new man. Dorothy was puzzled at this, for it sounded queer to hear a stuffed man speak, and to see him bow and walk along beside her. Who are you? asked the scarecrow, when he had stretched himself out and yawned. And where are you going? My name is Dorothy, said the girl, and I'm going to Emerald City to ask the great eyes to send back to Kansas. Where's the Emerald City? he inquired, and who is eyes? Why don't you know? she returned in surprise. No, indeed. I don't know anything. You see, I am stuffed, and I have no brains at all, he answered sadly. Oh, said Dorothy, I'm sorry for you. Do you think, he asked, if I go to Emerald City with you, that Oz could give me some brain? Mm, I cannot tell, she returned, but you may come along with me, if you like. If Oz will not give you any brain, you'll be no worse off than you are now. <laughs> that is true, said the scarecrow. You see, he continued confidentially, I don't mind my legs and my arms being stuffed, because I cannot get hurt. If anyone treads on my toes or sticks a pin in me, doesn't matter, for I can't feel it. But but I do not want people to call me a fool. And if my head stays stuffed with straw instead of brains, as yours, how could I ever know anything? I understand how you feel, said the little girl, who was truly sorry for him. If you come with me, I'll ask God to do all I can for you. Thank you, he answered gratefully. They walked back to the road. Dorothy helped them over the fence, and they started along the path of yellow brick for the Emerald City. Tono did not like this addition to the party at first. He smelled around the stuffed man, as expected to be some nest of rats in the straw. <laughs> and he often growled at the unfriendly way at the scarecrow. Don't mind Toto, said Dorothy to her new friend. He never backed. Oh, I'm not afraid, replied the scarecrow. He can't hurt the straw. Do let me carry that basket for you. I shall not mind, for I can't get tired. I'll tell you a secret, he continued as he walked along. There's only one thing in the world I'm afraid of. What is that? asked Dorothy. The munchkin farmer who made you? No, answered the scarecrow. It's a lighted match. End of chapter 3